thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to the Wellness Guys Show with wellness experts Dr. Lawrence Tam, Dr. Damien Christoph, and Dr. Brett Hill. Welcome to the Wellness Guys. I'm Damien Christoph. I'm Brett Hill. And Lawrence is somewhere else. He'd be 30,000 feet above Newcastle right now, flying back from Melbourne to Sydney. Uh, this is a weekly show dedicated to bringing wellness into your lives. This is an episode of The Wellness Guys, and tonight we are joined by an incredible woman. We've been joined by her before. Rejoined. She, we've been rejoined tonight, and um, I always look forward to speaking to this lady. She's actually one of my most favourite women on the planet, and I don't know if I've ever told her that, but I'm telling the world as we speak. This lady is instrumental in uh, helping me achieve so many things in my career so far. And uh, one day she plonked me in front of a television and said, watch this, Damien, you might learn something. And she put on a, uh, I think it was a video cassette. this is way back when, <laughs> of, uh, of a guy, a hippie bloke with long hair introducing Bruce Lipton at a talk. And I watched this guy and I thought, jeepers, that's pretty cool. Wow, that's amazing. And I was kind of, uh, I thought that was the beginning, but, it, oh, I suppose it was the beginning because uh, Vicky Kelly then went on to show me how to live my life, and I love it. And I don't think I'm doing a great job, according to Vicky, but I think I'm doing a better job than what I would have otherwise if it wasn't for Vicky Kelly. So I'd like to welcome back to the couch a very, very, very special woman in the lives of all the people that listen to her and love her and know her, Vicky Kelly. Welcome back to The Wellness Guys. Hey, thank you so much. And what an introduction, Damien. I, I do have to say, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit old. Are you calling me old, saying we had video cassettes? Well, it was, what, a, it was still a DVD. I think it was a video cassette. It might have been a DVD dubbing of a video cassette. Yeah, I'm sure you live your life um, breathtakingly amazingly, by the way. <laughs> Vicky, where in the world are you right now? Because you've been traveling. You've been all over the place. I have been all over the place. I'm in Auckland in New Zealand at the moment, just back from uh, California a few weeks ago, spending lots of time with the contemplative world up there, which is expanding at a breaknecking pace. And there's some really exciting, exciting uh, developments and research and science going on up there. And with people like Google and Facebook and LinkedIn, all jumping on board this bandwagon of mindfulness or the contemplative sciences. It's really exciting to learn about what's going on and, and what those big, huge, um, influential corporations have in store for us as consumers uh, in the future. So, Vicky, it's been almost 100 episodes since we had you on last, which means that it's been almost two years, which is amazing. It's, it's gone very fast. So mm. what's, what's happened in the mindfulness world in the last two years? You know, what, what has been the latest, you know, I guess the research and the scientific breakthroughs and the, the new stuff to come out in the world of mindfulness? Or is it all just going back to traditional practices? You know, is it moving forwards? Or are we, what's happening at the moment? Well, I think like any vitalistic movement, it's born out of a philosophy and then and then principles to apply um, or inform our life practice. And then along comes science at some point in time and then science begins to inform that, that philosophy and those principles and it's no longer a principle or, or a philosophy, it's now a science. And so the emerging sciences 
are things like um, neuroplasticity, so the way the brain can can change and rewire itself, and mindfulness has a big play in that. Um, epigenetics, again, mindfulness has a big play in the way that we can um, inwardly look at ourselves and, and search on the inside and heal ourselves. Uh, and then there's this whole contemplative emerging science coming through where there's lots of great neuroscientists and researchers out there, and particularly in um, at Stanford and, and UC Berkeley at the Greater Good Science Centre, there's just some incredible research coming out of there. And, you know, as I said, the big corporations are investing a lot of time, energy and resource into, into developing not only the programs that are within um, their own organisations, but how they can roll that out for um, the greater good for social change, and so that's that's really where the last, particularly the last twelve months, I've noticed a real expansion in the contemplative or the or the, or the mindfulness movement. Vicky, it's all very exciting. There could be maybe two or three million people listening to this podcast right now. Just has it as a guess. Could be. What sort of research are you alluding to? Because I know that you've just mentioned that there's a, that the big guys, Google. Facebook, LinkedIn, all these people, they'll be looking at this sort of research. But I think we all want to know more. What sort of research do you know about that you're so, not telling us about? Okay, so for instance, I was at, uh, I spent a week at Wisdom 2.0, which is the big contemplative conference up in San Francisco in February. And one of the days that, that we uh, had there, we were invited to spend half uh, a half-day program on the compassion research that Facebook are doing, the behind-the-scenes underpinning research and that is coming out of this social media platform. And, you know, I'm one to sort of put my hand up and say that social media and, and all of the platform and our device use is destructive. What I've been learning is that at the very least there is some real movement to say how can we use this better? Because it does have great benefits. Technology has amazing benefits. It's just that most of the time it hijacks our attention in less than helpful ways. And so Facebook, for instance, has got some some compassion research going on, particularly around cyberbullying. And they're writing a whole lot of programs and plugins and um, technology underneath uh, Facebook to get people to ask better questions before they post either photos or images or statuses. And the way that they're doing that is through the study into the empathy pathways, so people walking in other people's shoes. And so that's a really exciting research is that our, our social media platforms are they have a conscience, a social conscience, and and they're recognising that they have a part to play in particularly this cyberbullying that seems to be going on. And so they're investing time and energy and, and lots of resource into this type of into this type of research. The the other research is around um, happiness, it's around busyness, it's around all of the all of the, you know, our, our road runner tendency to, to rush through the world. Essentially, what's going on at the moment is, is our attention is hijacked in a huge number of ways. And I see that in my own life every day. I study this and I'm passionate about it. And yet my attention, unless I call it back, is hijacked constantly by 
other people, by devices, by shiny Damien's new ideas. Damien's Facebooking and Instagramming as you speak, Vicky. Sorry, Brett? I said Damien's Facebooking and Instagramming as you speak. So not true. Not, no, I'm 100% engaged with Vicky. 100% I've got her. I'm listening to everything. Because I'm thinking about all the uh, the Facebook bullying that goes on. And then the other day I posted yeah. this beautiful post um, of a little boy with uh, cystic fibrosis running around an oval. And more than anything else I've ever posted on Facebook, this one has attracted the most amount of likes. So I see what you're saying. Like, it possibly, um, are they opening up the gateways to allow people to... Um, be a bit more contemplative about their posts and have more people engaged that way. Is that what they're doing? That's exactly what they're doing and they're they're, um, just providing some questions. And and we know questions are a great way to call our attention back. And so questions like, if, if I was to post an image up that had you and Brett in it, Damien, the question would pop up, or this be, is this is what handsome. they're they're working on. A question, <laughs> a question would pop up to say, "Are you sure that Damien <laughs> and Brett would like the way that they're portrayed in this image?" Oh, really? Wow! And so it because gives me thinking. the opportunity to pause for long enough mm. to reflect and start firing off my little empathy pathways to say, "Would Damien or Brett?" like this image because what they found in the research that they did is that most of the people that posted images up uh, didn't had, had no malice it was way it was way less than five percent of the people had any malice intent about the images they posted it was just that they were mindless and they didn't think that you um Dressed in Where's Wally costume, for instance, Damien, <laughs> might be offensive to you. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish they had have had this question a long time ago, but obviously they didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I know all of your all of your images are amazing, oh, brilliant. And Vicky, same, da- same with you, Brett. Damien and I would just be excited that Vicky Kelly is talking about us. I mean, we just think that was fantastic. <laughs> oh, don't don't you boys worry. I stalk you from a distance. <laughs> hey, Vicky, you mentioned two things earlier, and I'd like to ask you about each of them individually. And you mentioned two areas where there's there's some great research out there around mindfulness, and I'd love to delve on it. The first one you talked about is neuroplasticity, which is obviously the ability of the brain to literally change and rewire. So how what what research have we got out there now demonstrating this neuroplasticity and, and how it occurs with mindfulness, and, and what sort of changes are we seeing happen in the brain when you are being more mindful? So essentially what occurs in the brain when when we're mindless, so when we're out of paying attention, because that's the way we're wired. We're wired to scan for threats out there and that's what's kept us um, from being eaten. However, the threats now or the tigers now are not necessarily things that are going to eat us. They tend to be more the threats going on, the perceived threats going on in our mind or the low, that low-grade stress response that we tend to find ourselves constantly in because of the roadrunner pace that we tend to live our lives at and the expectations that we have of ourselves and that the world around us has of this immediate gratification. You know, getting a, an email reply immediately is actually not fast enough anymore. <laughs> And we, you know, we're constantly scanning and, and scanning and scanning and scanning and refreshing and refreshing, and it 
I think, and I'm now pulling um, stats out of my head, but I, but I think five years ago it was every few minutes that people scanned or refreshed their email. Now it's around every 90 seconds. Jeepers, wow. 90 so, seconds, that's pretty patient. Uh, well it's amazing because i am one of the um less than one percent of the population of the planet still using a blackberry and my little red light goes off and i love it because it tells me that someone sent me a message um but i do find um on the weekend when i put my phone down i'm nowhere near it um that i don't i don't check it as much but it's my little red light that lets me know and so it because it's that push notification thing it lets me Mm. know so I you really can noticed turn, it a couple of weekends ago. I really noticed it a couple of weekends ago because I went to this retreat up in the country South Australia called the Pitchy Ritchie Park and I was at this retreat really? and the great thing about it was there was no mobile reception there. So for the whole weekend I didn't get any emails, I didn't get any Facebooks, I didn't get any anything. That's why I you didn't reply to my emails. That's what that is. With my kids at this retreat and it was fantastic. I was so relaxed. I loved it. And Obviously it so much more mindful, Vicky. Yeah, isn't it amazing that it it takes actually, you know, it, it's so hard for us to unplug on our own. It takes for us to be in the middle of nowhere and and have no no uh, reception to be able to call back that attention to the joy of the moment by moment living. Vicky, yeah, I'd love to ask you a question here. I thought I haven't finished the whole research thing though. Oh, okay. Well, I'll come back to it. Finish your research thing, then I'll ask Brett, you a question. Brett, just to answer your question, um, John, John Kabat-Zinn, who's sort of the, the grandfather. Oh, I shouldn't say grandfather because he might not like that, but he is a grandfather and he's an amazing, he's one of the first sort of researchers into uh, mindfulness and he developed the mindfulness-based stress reduction. And so he has been the orchestrator and facilitator of, of a lot of these research, research projects. And what they're finding is that even short, even short bursts of uh, calling our attention back actually begins to rewire the brain and strengthen the capacity for paying attention. And so when we strengthen our capacity to pay attention – we are accessing more consistently the seat of our consciousness and our awareness, which is not available when we're on in our autopilot mode. That's really cool. This is That's cool. really cool. And so the other thing you mentioned earlier, which really sparked my interest, was you started talking about epigenetics. Now, we've obviously already mentioned Bruce Lipton so far in this call, and he's obviously a, a leader in this field where he talks about... He'd be the grandfather of it. <laughs> Another grandfather. Grand, we have nothing against Maybe grandfathers. We're not ageist founder. on this show. Grandfathers are fantastic, so that's okay. Um, but obviously, <laughs> the you know, other show. we're now talking about not just what genes you've got, but what genes you use in terms of the epigenetics. And, and so you're obviously suggesting that your mindfulness or lack of mindfulness can actually affect the way in which you express your genetics. I mean, and that's that's pretty amazing. What, what's so, what's so coming it's, out it's in the research area there? It's the switching on and switching off. Okay. And so it's the the my understanding, and it's a very um, simple understanding, is that we we all have the capacity to be amazing, and we're designed to be amazing. And we may or may not have a tendency for certain disease process or certain health processes. Our environment and the way the way that we um, experience 
experience ourselves in the world either switches these genes on or switches them off, depending on what's going on around us. And what what they're finding more and more in mindfulness, and there's lots more study going on about this, is that these the expression of these genes is can be directly affected by our capacity to pay attention, by these contemplative um, markers, if you like. Fascinating. That's amazing. I love that. I was going to ask you, do you ever switch off? Do you actually take time and, uh, and turn your phone off purposefully? Yes, absolutely. And, and I use my phone to remind me to do that. Otherwise, I wouldn't. Ah, really? Set yourself a little reminder. Set myself alarms and reminders. There's lots of great apps and and tools coming out every day. Things like Stay Focused. I don't know whether you've heard of that. No. It's essentially you can uh, you load it into your computer and you can close down all of your your platform. You know your your platform addictions. So whether it's your, you know your social media addictions or the news or the sport, Damien, for you, <laughs> um, it you can you can uh, time them out. And then if you go to click into them, it'll come up and say, aren't you meant to be studying or aren't you meant to be <laughs> <laughs> I need so that. Good. That sounds fantastic. I'm putting that on Jackson's computer. That's amazing. Yes. I well, like yeah, absolutely. Not and mine. it's really good. It's, it's great because people, you know, kids like Jackson, my kids, mm-hmm. they, it's almost like they understand that, that their attention gets hijacked and so they're u- utilizing these platforms. Mm. To help it. them to call their attention back. Stay focused. That's fantastic. I love that. Now, Vicky, you've got an incredible podcast on the couch called Om. One minute. Yeah, we have. It's yep. absolutely amazing. I think we're up to our sixth episode. And we, we my, it. I have we a co-host in, in. Sorry. We wiki leaked it two years ago. We said there's a podcast coming, and it's taken us this long to get it out. I but know. It, it's like it, the it, best thing since sliced bread. It is the best thing since sliced bread. We almost missed the boat. What do you mean? We we almost missed the contemplative boat. It's expanding oh, so quickly so and rapidly. Yes. And everyone, you know, it, there were rumours out there, Vicky, why is there no mindfulness program on the couch? <laughs> well, they're supposed I said to be. They bumped me. They put that's me on, so they've, not true. They've put me on pause. No. That's, <laughs> you know, we, we had to make sure you are being focused. That's what it was. We were being mindful. <laughs> we were mindful. No, I, that was a glitch in the system. That's what we like to call a glitch. And I just don't know. And I still will, I don't really know how that happened. But it is great that you're now do, on do the couch. Do you know what? It happened now... perfectly. It happened absolutely perfectly because the, the things that I've been exposed to since that episode 111 mm-hmm. have just blown my mind even further. I thought I was really passionate about mindfulness back then because of – Firstly, my experience with mindfulness and secondly, what I'd seen with the people that I worked with. Yeah. Yeah. But since that time and lots more programs and um, being able to share um, platforms and share time with some of the most amazing researchers in the contemplative field, this is perfect timing. It's absolutely perfect timing because coming up on the show, I have some I have a list of amazing people that, beans, that Natalie and I will be interviewing that will just blow everyone's mind. And, and blow our minds if, now. If, Tell us. Well, yeah. if, you, if you're not already calling your attention back on an everyday basis, if you're not already um, applying some form 
of mindfulness practice into your daily life, Mm -hmm. then jump on the show, get on the show, listen to the show because what you'll learn very quickly is that in just one breath every single day for 30 days has a compounding effect on the way that First of all, you live your own life and second of all, the spillover effect it has into all of your relationships, your productivity, your performance. Because when we're not paying attention, when we're not when we're we're mindless and we're out there and our mind is is wandering about, which is what it's wired to do, mm-hmm. pay, you know, giving attention to everything else except what we're doing now, all of our resource all of our centers for um, learning and repair and healing and kindness and compassion, all of those amazing juices that go on in our system are closed down. It's only when we call our attention back and cool off our stress system that we open up all of those channels for creativity and learning and kindness and love and compassion and empathy to be able to walk in another person's shoes. We're more productive. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's an incredible space to be and anyone, anyone that does it as a social experiment even for 30 days, just a few breaths a day, the the resounding response coming back is, oh, my goodness, why haven't why didn't I know about this before? And that's phenomenal what you just said, Vicky, because what you're saying is like a couple of breaths a day. We're talking about a couple of seconds a day because I think, you know, the irony with this whole mindfulness movement is that the reason that a lot of people don't necessarily get into it is they kind of have this idea either consciously or subconsciously in their head that they don't have time to do mindfulness, which I'm I'm sure you're going to dispel for us now, but obviously that's kind of the reason why you need to do mindfulness. So, you know, that's I think a barrier for a lot of people. How do you help people get around that? What are your answers to people who say I just don't have time for mindfulness? And I agree. <laughs> you know, on some level I agree. I've my introduction to um, meditation was Vipassana. It was 10-day retreats, checking out of life uh, for 10 days in absolute solitude on my own. And that in my life today would be near impossible. And so I completely understand people trying to find an hour or two every single day or every other day to apply this thing called mindfulness, which somebody said had great benefits and that the thought of that stresses people out and so it's about modern day mindfulness if you like is about getting you off the cushion and applying mindfulness principles and using your environment as triggers to remind you to call your attention back because when we call our attention back to something that we're doing in this very moment we have the capacity then to liberate that attention for the greater good, and whatever that is in your world, however you are choosing to be of value in the world. And I trust that we all truly deeply want to be of value in the world. We don't get to be as of great value in the world if we're living our life mindlessly. We only get to be of deep, true, meaningful value in the world when we're paying attention to the task at hand. And so we're using now triggers in the environment. Prime example of that is brushing your teeth. Most of us brush our teeth at least once a day, maybe more. 
by brushing your teeth, for instance, with the opposite hand than you normally would, so your non-dominant hand, you have to pay attention or you end up with the toothbrush up your nose. (laughs) So we're using environmental triggers like that to call our attention back and strengthen our capacity for mindfulness so that by the time we get beyond the brushing of the teeth into our daily practices of living, where we have at least strengthened our capacity to pay attention once by in, in that tooth brushing experience. And that gives us the opportunity to be able to liberate that attention in a really powerful way. And for me, it's about relationships and deepening relationships with the people around us. And for others, it might be productivity at work. For someone else, it might be a sports performance and being able to focus on their task at hand, whatever that is relating to sport. So the, the reason that people practice mindfulness is for lots of, for lots of different, um, they have different motivations around that. But what I'm finding from my experience and from learning more about it and spending a lot of, a lot of time with people out there in the field is that no matter how you, uh, or no matter why you're practicing mindfulness, it works. It works every single time. And I think that's one of the things I really like, I guess, about the term sort of mindfulness as opposed to, say, meditation. Like mindfulness to me kind of insinuates that you are keeping doing all the things you would otherwise be doing, but you're just being more focused on it. You know, in this instance, you're saying brushing your teeth. I mean, you're going to brush your teeth anyway. It's not like you're having to stop everything you're doing to try and be more mindful. You're actually doing your everyday activities, but just being more mindful as you do it. And so, you know, and that's, it, it's, that's where the power is. You make it an amazing point. It's not mindfulness itself. The power is in us attending to our attention. Mm. So it's the the action of mindfulness, which is where where all the power comes from. So it's not, yeah, it's it's the attending to attention. And so you mentioned productivity before, Vicky. I mean, what research is there around the increases? I mean, I'm guessing that there's going to be a huge increase in productivity when you are being more mindful about what you do. But you know, have you got some stats around that? There's lots of stats that I don't have to hand. However, what I can say is I've, in, in and around Auckland, um, around New Zealand really, I've been doing some corporate mindfulness or meditation programs for the last – 10 or 12 years and when I you know 10 or 12 years ago when I went in it was oh my god how, how do we we we, don't, we haven't got half an hour or an hour for you to do this we haven't got time to meditate this fluffy woman's coming in she's probably wearing purple chiffon burning incense and that she she wants us to breathe how can we breathe when we've got to get we've got deadlines to meet and so they saw it as very esoteric and fluffy and now it's an absolute must and the the chief you know the the executives the at the decision making levels are sitting up and noticing that these people going through a 30 day program are not only happier in themselves but they're more productive when they're at work so you know this whole thing about people not being at work is a big thing but there's also this this huge cost to companies of people being at work but not present it's called presenteeism. So they're at work, but they're not productive. Mm. And so anecdotally, in the last few years for the, the corporate mindfulness programs that I do, the, product, the level of productivity 
goes up hugely. The level of team affinity goes up. The stress goes down. The the fulfillment goes up. And so coming back into, I've just had two um, brown bag lunches, which is what we do after the 30-day program with the corporate groups. And it was amazing just to listen to their own personal uh, experiences of, of how their mindfulness practice was not only helping them be more effective in the workplace but had a spillover effect to all areas of their life. Vicky, I'm loving this and uh, and I know that I probably should have been listening the whole time but I just subscribed to the One Minute Mindfulness show. Now, the reason why I've done that, Vicky, now is because <laughs> I was I was brought to attention. I think you're breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> I was brought to attention that uh, I should have been listening. Uh, to this particular show and for all of the listeners out there who haven't yet subscribed to the one minute mindfulness show you need to go to itunes and you need to go and look under the wellness couch and then look for one minute mindfulness it's not om because i tried om and that didn't work it's one minute mindfulness and uh, and subscribe like i have and there's only five that you've got to catch up on well there, there'll probably be a few more by the time this goes to where but you should get involved and listen to this because even if it's just a productivity thing that you're going to be interested in, then you'll get it from this podcast. It sounds like you, you know, from what Vicky's telling us, that's what it sounds like you're going to get. But you might also then trigger some amazing, more, uh, even more amazing genes to kick off and start, you know, working better for you, which would be great. And then that could help you live even better and longer. And then you might find yourself also living in Auckland with Vicky. And that'd be amazing. <laughs> like how incredible that would be. Vicky, you're incredible. Oh, you're incredible. Both of you are amazing. And thank you for all the amazing work that you, you're doing out there to help people be the best that they can be because it, it, it absolutely makes a difference. Vicky, where can people <laughs> find more information about you before, you know, now obviously they'll get you know, subscribe to the One Minute Mindfulness show on the Wellness Couch, but where else can they find information from you? Um, on Facebook, there's a Facebook link, which I think is OMM. O-M-M. I think you're right. You, you can see yeah. you can see how tech savvy I am. <laughs> <laughs> it could be OMM. We'll check that out. We'll definitely put that on the Facebook page and we'll put that with a link. Um, but uh, of course, you're also running different courses and you're doing corporate gigs and you're doing all kinds of things. So check out what Vicky's up to. Check her out on uh, on Facebook, obviously. Um, send know, me a message. Send her a message. She'll reply. Vicky's always got time for that. But so thank you very much, Vicky, for joining us again on the Wellness Guys. Hey, thank you. Be well, amazing people. I'm sure they will be now, I, I bet. Now, make Pause, sure everyone... breathe, make... smile, all of those amazing things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm doing it. Make sure you go to our Facebook page, everybody, facebook.com forward slash the wellness guys, and tell us what you thought of this episode. Share this podcast, especially with your friends and family and other strangers you think need a wellness update. Subscribe to us on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us only a five-star rating. And please leave us a comment. We love them. We will be doing a catch-up um, or a, a comments um, podcast shortly, won't we, Brado? We'll be doing that. Once we can get Lawrence locked away, we'll be answering yeah. all your questions. So please ask us plenty of questions. But... Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's health together. Actually, you know what, Bruno? I got picked up the other day because I was told that I sounded like a Kiwi. And then I said, no, no, I sound like a South Australian. And, they, and, they, and I said, it's be, they said it's because I say example. So I'm just going to reread that. Until next week, begin creating wellness into your lives, lead by example, and let's change the world's <laughs> health together. Join us next week on the Wellness Guys Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. 
check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash The Wellness Couch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.